Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. We're going to review this friendly tonight as the United States hosted Trinidad and Tobago and just basically destroyed them. It was a red, white, and blue wedding. 7-0 down in Explorer Stadium in Central Florida in Orlando, Florida, near downtown Orlando, I-4 and everything involving the Magic Kingdom. And it was a magical night for some of these players. January camp, of course, also known as Camp Cupcake, but once again is a situation where you saw what Greg Berhalter's game plan was. You saw some players getting their first international caps. You saw some players that were given an opportunity from the Olympic under-23 camp getting a chance at a senior spot of the national team and everything else. Let me just say this. You can only play the opponent that is in front of you. Yes, I understand it was not a great opponent. Trinidad Tobago right now is uh, not a strong opponent, even though they were once a long time ago. Um, And at times they looked strong in some moments, uh, you know, in the past, but once again, they're probably retooling as well. They're, trying to move forward into a level of um, importancy when you're talking about players that they're trying to build for the national team in the future, uh, for their future. But unfortunately for them and the players, of course, they had no games, obviously, with the pandemic that's happening. They do have a professional league, as uh, John Strong said on Fox Sports 1. But once again, the situation is that Trinidad-Tobago, like we've already said, uh, not a lot of senior players on the team, mostly youth players. Some players are in MLS, of course, Noah Powder, formerly of the New York Red Bulls, with their two-team um, in the USL Championship. Of course, Real Monarchs is there. For Real Salt Lake is their USL Championship side, so he's playing on that team um, now. Uh, and, of course, some of these players are in, are in USL for Trinidad. But still, once again, uh, not a strong opponent. But once again, you could only play what's in front of you. And that, my friends, was it, that was what was in front of the USA national team, the men's national team. And let me just say this. What you saw tonight, absolute thrashing. An absolute thrashing of these players wearing the red, white, and blue kits just putting in their time, showing what they can do, impressing Greg Berhalter, and there's tons to be impressed right now. Major competitions in front of these players that could get a call back. Let's not forget, we have not just in March the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals and final. You have Olympic qualifying going on at the same time. You also have the CONCACAF Gold Cup coming this July, and then later on, starting in September, World Cup qualifying. You're going to have 
three match days in September, in October, and then next year, January and March. But in November, it will be two match days. So what we, see, what we have seen so far is unbelievable. Man of the match, of course, Jesus Ferreira from FC Dallas. Two goals, three assists. What a game he had to be put on the world map, especially for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, just unbelievable what we have seen so far. Unbelievable what is going on and what we are seeing with some of these young players going out there and showing not just the nation, but for the head coach of the U.S. men's national team, Greg Berhalter, what they can do. He was impressed at camp, and now he's probably more impressed with this performance. And like I've said already, it's the players that's in front of you. The players that are in front of you right now to go forward, play the game the way you got to play it. And all I can say is, is that they did a brilliant job tonight. They did a brilliant job tonight going out and attacking. They put their uh, chutzpah on the line. And you know what? It was a great job. And let's go ahead to our first caller tonight, uh, 847-917. You're on the show. And uh, your impressions about this uh, performance from the national team tonight over Trinidad and Tobago. Yo, what's up, Dan? Uh, you know, I think I think I, you know, watching this game, watching Berhalter's team play, you know, I think this is the first USA team. I've said this multiple times before. This is the first USA team that is willing to play, you know, is willing to get the ball, you know, switch the field, make get runners in, have the wingers stuck, and get the fullbacks up. Just just pile on the pressure with the movement, the the passing. You know, I remember watching USA versus Mexico and World Cup qualifying and Clinton was taking over. They couldn't turn four passes together. The girls will offset pieces and, you know, just crosses. This this team, even though it's turned down to Vegas, you still got to complete the passes. You still got to make the runs. And I've never seen a USA team just play like this with such, like, with such clarity of mind. Like, these guys know what they're like. Paul Ariola goes out there. And he knows exactly what he's got to do. He knows exactly what runs to make. He knows exactly what's doing to get the ball. You know, that's just that's just unheard of in USA soccer. It really is. You know, I like Paul's game tonight, to be honest with you. He's been on the men since the ACL injury he suffered at the beginning of the season last year. And to see him making these runs, not just down the middle to convert his goal, the first goal that he scored in the first half. Uh, I know he scored two of them. But still, though, uh, his overlapping runs have been fantastic. Uh, the way he commanded the right side of the, of the pitch, uh, how he brought up the ball, crossing the ball. And even when they got into the area of Trinidad and Tobago, you got to say it, you know, the overlapping runs, the, the pinpoint passing, even in tight spaces, U.S. players of this yeah. match really shined, including Paul. Paul shined right. really brightly tonight. No, I, I mean, listen, I think you you got a guy like Paul Ariola. I mean, to show a player like that coming off an ACL injury, and he's been linked with the move to Suave and everything too. I mean, that's a guy you can bring off in the, the 65, 65th minute for whoever's starting that right winger. He'll just run his ass off. He'll provide just unreal pace on that right wing. Like, that is a guy you can bring on late in games, you know, when you need a goal or you need to put away the game, and he'll put his head down and he'll run. He'll just make it an absolute nightmare for the left back on that side. 
No, absolutely. And that's the thing about Paul Ariel I love. I, I love his hustle. I, I love, you know, yeah. some people say about Paul that, you know, he's not good tactically or he's not good technically. But the truth is, is that Paul's a gamer and that's what, you know, managers loved about him. Whether he played in Liga MX, uh, played with Ben Olsen at DC United, which he'll still be there, of course, with the new manager. But, you know, that's the thing about Paul Ariel I like. He takes his opportunities. He takes them well. And sometimes you don't need someone that's overly technical or overly tactical. You've got a guy that understands his role. He understands the game plan that he has to move forward with. And he finds a way to pick his choices. Or excuse me. He picks his spots and during the chances to bury a ball into the back of the net. He buried two. It was well done, well-deserved. I mean, Paul, in my opinion, definitely – um, is a, a gamer and and he does fit well with Burhalter's system. No, for sure. I mean, listen, Concacaf is so tough. Like you, you know, sometimes in Concacaf, you know, you got guys like Pulisic and all these fancy players who are playing in Europe and all, and that's great. But sometimes you just need like like those guys are going to get hacked. They're going to get you know they're going to get hurt. You know, sometimes you need someone that's just going to get in there and literally just just force his way through. You know, I know it sounds I know it Absolutely. sounds like you know. I know it sounds like very American soccer type, but Paul Ariel is, is your typical American soccer player. And so you need some of those guys on the team. You, know? you need those guys in Concast. You can't just have a bunch of you know, Europeans. I mean, I mean, European soccer is great, I mean, but you need all sorts of players to win in Concast, and that's just the truth. You, know? you need those guys that are going to come and play in the game when you're down and goal. backs are going to go on Honduras. you got shitty picks, you know, like whatever the conditions are. You, know, you need those guys like Ariola that are willing to put the work in no matter what. Yeah. No, absolutely. And he's definitely one of those guys that has to be on this national team. Thanks a lot for calling in and have a good night. Yeah, and hopefully for sure, Dan. some better results, yeah, uh, uh, better matches. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. All right. You too. Take care. Great call there. Uh, talking about Paul Ariola. Listen, Paul has always been one of those guys that, you know, uh, for the national team, you, you need a guy like that to attack. Yeah, I know he's not overly technical. He's not overly tactical, but the truth is, is that he knows how to bring the ball up. He knows how to get into spaces. He knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. And sometimes that's one of those guys you need. You need a lunch pail mentality. You can have probably the most technical, tactical player out there. I'm not saying you can't have those. I'm not saying they don't deserve those. You need to have those players, you know, to create, to be in great spots and not only is he great with the ball, he's also great without the ball. And that's one of those plays you really need to go out there and, you know, strut their stuff. Strut their stuff to go out, attack, and be in the right place at the right time to put the ball in the back of the net. You need your, you need your creative midfielders in the middle with your strikers. You need to set up the strikers as well with those creative midfielders. You also need those wingers to come in from the midfield. And then, of course, you've got to help support the back line as well. You know, I have to say, Matt Turner, um, before I go back to the uh, attacking, Matt Turner had nothing to do all night long. Absolutely nothing to do at all. And then all of a sudden, Matt Turner gets his number called because of a foul in, there, a foul in the U.S. area. Matt Turner is called upon to stop a penalty. And, you know... I have to admit that 
the many the many times I've watched Matt Turner play goal for the New England Revolution, he his spot kick uh, attempts to save those penalties, those penalty saves he makes. He can read the penalty kick taker well. He reads the body language well, very very well. He doesn't make sudden jerks. He doesn't make movements. He just does nothing. He waits for the keeper to take the ball himself, and then he springs into action, pounces, makes the saves. I mean, you can have the best keeper in the world, the best goalkeepers in the world, and they can get beat every single time. Um, and Not to really blame a goalkeeper for something like this, uh, he's had his share of penalty saves, uh, but the majority of the times that he does not save a penalty uh, is the recently retired Luis Robles. Now, look, I love Luis. Uh, Luis is a great guy. He's a wonderful person. I have nothing, nothing against him at all. I know I cover the New York Red Bulls. I have nothing against Luis Robles at all, but the truth is every single time he is attempting to stop a penalty. He goes herky-jerky on the line, and he makes the first move before the penalty kick taker gets to the ball. Forget about Joseph Martinez for a moment, because you know you got to really read him to make sure. You know It doesn't matter what you do if Joseph Martinez is going to take the penalty, because he can either go high, low, left, right, hard, or soft. He's going to find a way to beat you, and he always does. But whenever I see Luis Robles trying to stop a penalty, he makes movements. He overplays the movement for the spot kick to try and make a save. And whenever he makes the move first, that's enough of a chance for the opposition to convert on the spot. So, like I said, you know, there's nothing against Luis I like Luis. Luis is a great guy, but he's one of those keepers where, unfortunately and sadly, he makes the first move and he allows the opposition, whoever the penalty kick taker is, he lets them have the goal. He lets them put the ball in the back of the net because he puts himself out of position and they know when to kick the ball past him. That's all I can say about Luis. But other than that, Matt Turner, fabulous on, on spot kicks. Uh, in the playoffs against Nani in the MLS Cup playoffs, what he did against the Red Bulls um, in a U.S. Open Cup match about two years ago. You just have to say that Matt Turner, uh, I don't know if Zach Steffen is going to get shoved off as the number one, but right now I can see Matt Turner as the number two, at least a backup. But... I wouldn't put it past Greg Berhalter to put Turner as the starting goalkeeper for the Gold Cup this summer in July. And I could actually see Matt Turner in during these three uh, match days in September, October, January, February. I can see him at least having a match in each month. With the exception of November, I would say September, October this year, January, March next year, because you're going to have three match days in the same month. So, like I said before, I, I could see Matt Turner at least getting a match. Zach Steff will probably get two, but I can see Matt Turner getting one. So, we'll have to wait and see where that's going to go. And uh, it should be interesting to see how it's going to happen. So, it's going to be a tight window, a very, very tight window 
for World Cup qualifying this year. But once again, because of the pandemic, it put a halt to everything. Jonathan Lewis, you know, what can I say about Jonathan Lewis? You know, this kid was highly touted uh, when he was brought up uh, with New York City FC, of course, with the Colorado Rapids now the last two years, the year and a half. And for him to get two goals and an assist, (coughs) excuse me, um, you know, Jonathan Lewis is showing why he was highly touted for the national team. Highly touted for the national team. Um, Not saying I didn't believe in it, but when you see him working the way he does, and of course, getting that second goal uh, proves to me why he should be on the national team. Uh, Being in that great position, got the pass from Kellen Acosta, his Colorado Rapids teammate, and then he bends it around the keeper inside the back post, and boom, gets his second goal of the night, and just absolutely fantastic to see him go and get at least a brace in this one. Very, very strong. Once again, we got some time, 646-929-1823 here live on the show. Um, if uh, you want your voice heard, if you have a question uh, of, of the tonight's match, 7-0, USA over Trinidad Tobago, once again, not a strong TNT side, but once again, you can only play the opponent that's in front of you, and the United States was able to go out and get themselves the red, white, and blue wedding, 7-0, got the touchdown and the extra point, uh, really, really big performance tonight from the national team with these players that are going to be, of course, some are going to be for the Olympic qualifying um, team. That'll be this coming March. Uh, We already have one of those dates, I believe, already, March 18th. So we're going to check out. And once CONCACAF officially gives us all those dates uh, for Olympic qualifying, we will watch and see what's going to happen with the uh, U.S. men's national team as they head back down heading down to Mexico to be involved in the uh, qualifying tournament for Japan this coming summer, of course. And hopefully we'll get that tournament off and running. And uh, hopefully for the uh, Japanese, they'll be able to uh, have the Olympics and we'll hope to watch and wait and see what's going to happen if uh, our USA team can qualify for the big tournament. We haven't been to the Olympics in a very, very long time. And hopefully this will be the one that will have the Olympics ready to go, moving forward, having some fun, and we can go out and just really, really show and strut our stuff on the world stage of youth tournaments. And, of course, there will be at least three overage players, I believe, uh, being allowed to join these kids. Fantastic stuff going forward. Um, And, you know... Greg Berhalter's system seems to be working with these group of players that were brought out. And you know what? I'm happy. I'm very, very happy to see that. Because, you know, forget what happened with the hiring process a long time ago. It's done. It's over with. We really need to embrace what Greg Berhalter is doing here right now. And he's proving now. I, I think he's learned some of the lessons that he had to go through to make sure that everything gets done and everything is down pat. And you know what? You know, he had to go through those bumps and bruises, especially um, 
you know, taking that big loss. Well, I wouldn't say it's a big loss, but you saw some really haphazardness in the friendly against Mexico uh, at MetLife Stadium at uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, at the Meadowlands. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Some of those players were just not doing well enough. Uh, good opening 15 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes in each half, but then the rest of the way was haphazardness and uh, just watching what's been going on and how these, you know, how the passing plays were going. Zach Steffen saying, um, you know, for a time, he's like, I don't know what our, uh, what our system is. I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is. And, you know, he's being interviewed by, um, through ESPN or Fox Sports uh, about his, you know, what's the type of system they are, what type of team are they and everything. All I can say is, is that for Greg Berhalter, learning how to be a national team head coach. Finally, I believe he's got it now. He knows what he's got to do. And he's finding out, and I think he found out the hard way. I mean, he really did. And when you lose to Canada, especially up in Canada at BMO Field in Toronto during the Nations League qual- uh, group stage, the situation, once again, is, you know, what do you do when you don't have a strong team and the only strong player you had, you took him out. Now, granted, he probably wasn't feeling well, Christian Pulisic, but, you know, you took him out and then everything fell apart. You know, for Greg Berhalter, a lot of the bumps, a lot of bruises that he had to take in his first year as head coach of the U.S. men's national team. A lot of bumps and a lot of bruises. But I think he's finally learned. And now we're going to have to see when you put in when you put in these veterans. Once again, you have to reinsert Josie Altador. You have to reinsert Michael Bradley. You might have to change their roles a little bit. I mean, maybe you put them in as substitutes. But the truth is, is that now you're seeing younger players exploding. Now you're seeing these players that are playing in Europe exploding, showing, their, showing what they're made of, strutting their stuff. Matthew Hope, or Hope, however you pronounce it. We'll find out a little bit later. This kid is already on the lips of every single supporter of U.S. soccer. This kid is showing now why he's able to score at least five goals in three matches. Has been so far lit, and he has looked fantastic playing for Schalke in the Bundesliga. Granted, it can't be all him, but the truth is, is that Everyone around him at Schalke needs to improve the club. You cannot ride on him and him alone, or else that team is going to go deeper and deeper into relegation in the Bundesliga. So right there and then, there's an opportunity for him. There's an opportunity for Josh Sargent, which I still feel he still has. Is he not scoring this year? I'll say it right now. Sophomore slump. It's probably a sophomore slump. And when that happens... 
He's going to be lost. And that's okay. That's okay. You can't throw out this kid because he's not scoring. He's doing everything that he is able to do except scoring right now. I think this kid right now is going to be awesome for the national team. And who knows? I don't know how old he is right now, so I'm not going to say I can't wait to see him in the Olympics. He may be an overage player. He may be past the age of 23 already. And he may be called in to be one of those players for the Olympics if they qualify. Like I said, this is the opportunity that he has in front of him right now. This is the opportunity for Matthew Hope or Matthew Hope to grab the opportunity to go forward, insert himself for Olympics, insert himself maybe for the Gold Cup, possibly for World Cup qualifying if he really shows what he can do. So many options in this strange 2021 season for U.S. soccer with four tournaments right now. You can't say five yet because they have not qualified for the Olympics. Four opportunities for the U.S. men's national team to go out and really do a job. I mean, for goodness sakes, it's a situation where you know that there are plenty of opportunities for players to go out and put their stamp on the national team to get spots for future tournaments, future World Cup qualification matches, and the World Cup itself. There's an opportunity here right now that no one expected to be. You could pencil in right now, including the starting 11, at least maybe six, seven guys right now. Six to seven players right now to be on permanent roster spots, not just for World Cup qualifying, but for the World Cup itself if they do qualify for Qatar. So right there and then, you, there are opportunities for 2021. For 2022... Whoever makes it to the World Cup 23-man roster will have to wait and see what's going to happen. But for now, there are opportunities. There are opportunities. And we're going to have to wait and see when those players get those opportunities. I'd like to go to, on Twitter right now, Brian Ciaretta, um, of course for American Soccer now. Um, here are his thoughts of the match. U.S. Men's National Team wins 7-0. Very poor opponent. We agree. Uh, Ferreira, man of the match Touch cost him even more goals and assists But his movement was excellent Ariola and Lewis sharp Vines very impressive Pereira uh, was shaky For his uh, national team debut And the U.S. tuned out by the time D.K. Bello and Chris Muller uh, Came on Now Andreas Pereira Made his One time switch from the Colombian national team to the U.S. men's national team 
plays in Orlando City. He's 20 years old. He was a part of Columbia's youth national teams, but he felt he had more opportunities to play here in the U.S. Had, uh, you know, once he made his switch, he's officially part of the U.S. men's national team, of course. Of course, they said, which I followed um, from uh, John Strong, that once he once that whistle blew the second half, that signaled that he is no longer eligible to switch from the USA to another team or go back to Columbia. So in my opinion, you know, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. And, you know, a little shaky, and that's fine. A little shaky, but that's okay. He's getting his first opportunity for the national team, his very first opportunity for the national team. It is wonderful to see uh, this kid get an opportunity. Now, of course, Musa, who plays for Valencia, I hope he does make that switch to the U.S. because he looked fantastic in the matches against both uh, Wales, at Wales, uh, and, of course, uh, Costa Rica, no, Panama, excuse me, Panama, which they were playing in Austria. Of course, the, the, <laughs> the stadium was near a water park over there in Austria. Of course, it's closed. But, um, you know, I, I, I like to... Uh, see that kid make the move here. I'd like to see him come over and, and do that. So want to say thank you very much for tonight. The United States men's national team, they destroy Trinidad and Tobago. It's a red, white, and blue wedding, 7-0. And, of course, uh, braces by Jonathan Lewis, Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola, and uh, Robinson, of course, playing for Atlanta United. He gets a great goal, diving header, a brilliant diving header on the cross from Aaron Long. Yeah, that was awesome uh, to watch. So once again, join me tomorrow night as uh, regular Forestines Fire American Soccer Show will go. And then on next, this coming Friday, it will be the NPSL Soccer Show uh, with my guests later to be uh, informed uh, to you from the league itself. My name is Daniel Forestine. I want to thank the caller for calling in, uh, talking about the match. Thank you, everyone, for listening tonight. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Take care. So long. And bye-bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.